morning. How's everybody doing today? Well, I'm a little embarrassed that everybody clapped for me coming up. But that's better than the alternative, I guess. You Sometimes I've, a matter of fact, one time I was preaching at this jail, and this guy, he went back to his cell while I was preaching, so he'd, he just seemed to be in his jail cell instead of listening to me. So so this is better than than the past in my life. So if you want to turn your Bibles to, to Philippians chapter 4, uh, we'll start there. And I want to be speaking on contentment today. And how many of you have ever been just unsettled in your life? And maybe you didn't know why, maybe you did know why. Um, could be many reasons why you're unsettled. But I think the, the main reason why we get unsettled in our life and we get out of peace and, and maybe even sometimes out of fellowship with God is because there's a lack of contentment in our hearts. And the reason I think caused that, we, we're not content with being Christians. Maybe there's things in the world that look better than what we have as a Christian or things in the world that are just just taking our time up. And um, we just get uncontent and get discontent in our hearts. And I think that's a, an issue that all of us probably face on a daily basis and in our lives. And it's something that I personally have been <clears throat> studying just personally and, and trying to figure out in my own heart how I can be content where I'm at no matter where I'm at in life. Some of us, how of you are not where you thought you'd be in life right now? Any of you? There's, so that's like eight or ten of us. We're not, the rest of you are right where you thought you'd be 20 or 30 years ago. So you just thought you'd be right here listening to me? You had that all planned out. But me, personally, I'm not where I thought I'd be. I, had plan, I have plans, still have plans. You all probably have plans in your life to, to do different things, to succeed. And it's not that we're not successful, we just had we just had ideas of how things would look in our life and how things would turn out. You know, um, about five years ago, I quit a quit a pretty good job. Um, now going back to it, I don't see it as that great. But at the time, I looked at it as a pretty good job, and I moved off and went to Bible college. And of course, you you go off and do something like that, you have all these uh, expectations when you get out. So when I got out, I thought I was going to be this famous whatever, and I'm not famous, so, um, but I thought all these things just went through my head, and I thought different things was going to happen, and, and maybe they still will, I don't know, um, but whether they do or not is not the point. The point is, wherever I find myself with God, or wherever I'm living, whatever I'm doing, I've got to have contentment in my heart, in my life. Even if it's not what you planned on, even if it's not what you expected, even if something, life threw you a curveball, we still need to be content with where we're at in life. And I'll read a passage to you out of Philippians chapter 4, if you want to turn there right quick. And it's a very well-known passage that um, many of you, I'm sure, have heard. But we'll start in verse 10 in Philippians 4. And it, it's a, again, it's a well-known verse that I think all of us have heard, but I think we need to rehear some of these things. It's kind of like John 3.16. You've heard it a thousand times, but if you really sat down and meditated on it, there's a lot there to, to, to chew on and to get out of it. And I think when we hear something over and over, it actually hurts us in a way. We, we just think, oh, well, I've heard that before. We haven't ever heard it this way. So um, listen to this. Philippians 4.10 says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. 
those are some hard things to learn. Learn how to be hungry, learn how to suffer. That's something that most people can't learn. And you, it's hard to teach somebody how to suffer. I don't know how to suffer very well. I'm kind of a crybaby when I have to suffer. Um, I can do, and then it goes on to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Paul said that wherever he found himself, whatever state he was in, uh, whatever state of mind, wherever he found himself, whatever state he lived in, if you live in Texas, you need to be content with living in Texas. If you live in Oklahoma, like me, you need to be content with living in Oklahoma. But whatever state you find yourself in, and I don't think it's talking about that, obviously, um, you just need to be content. Whether it's what you wanted, what you thought it'd be, what you think life should be, we have to find contentment wherever we're at. And I think where most of us fail in this, including myself, is that we think that we'll be content when we get this, or we think we'll be content when we get that, or go there and do this and do that. And I've done all the things, a lot of things that I've wanted to do, and when I got to it, it didn't make me as happy as I thought it would. Have you ever had that happen to you? You're looking forward to something for going somewhere on a trip, whatever, and you got disappointed because all of your hope was in going there and doing that, and, and you thought, well, when that happens to me in life, well, I'll be happy then. But if you're waiting on your ship to come in, so to speak, to be happy, you're never, your ship probably ain't going to come in because you're discontent. And one of my points here is that contentment, actually, it actually moves us. You ever been in a job that you hated? Anybody ever been here? I've had a couple of those um, that I hated, and I'm not there currently, so I hated them enough to leave. But I've had a job that I've hated before, and I've had jobs that I loved before. Um, but the thing about it is, until we get content where we're at, even if we hate it, even if we're done wrong, even if people are treating us wrong at that job, even if people are doing whatever to us at that job, even if it's real problems and real issues that we have at our job or wherever you find yourself in, you're not ever going to move out of that until you get content where you're at. And that's not easy to do. That's why Paul said that he learned to suffer. You ever had to suffer at your job because of other people or because of whatever the situation was? He said, let me read to you again here. He said, but I rejoiced. He was happy. He was, he was excited. In the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, to be content. Paul had needs. He was a traveling minister, so to speak, and he, he built tents on the side and did all these kinds of things to supplement his income. And he was just content with doing whatever God told him to do. You know, he was a murderer, and at the beginning of his life, he murdered Christians, and that was his, that was his thing he did. And obviously, God saved him, and, and now he's is this traveling preacher. And where we're taking our text from this morning. But just wherever he found himself, Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but Paul was put in prison. Paul was beaten. Paul had all kinds of bad stuff happen to him. You ever been beaten at your job? Paul got beaten for preaching. He got thrown in jail for preaching. They ain't never done none of that to me at my job. And he couldn't find, he found contentment even in a horrible circumstance. In the most horrible circumstance that you could possibly face, he found contentment in it and he was still happy. So I think if Paul can do it, I think there's a pretty good chance we can do it. And we can be happy where we're at in life, where we're working at, where we're living at. You know, um, all of us want fancy houses, and there's nothing wrong with these things. There's a balance to everything I'm saying. But I'm not going to balance it out for you today. You're going to do that on your own. And 
we all want nice things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when those things get between you and God, and you get uncontent until you have those things, that's what I'm talking about here, is that we have to have something to make us happy. We have to be a certain place, and we have to do a certain thing to, to make us happy. And until you're content where you're at, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay right there until, until you learn how to suffer, until you learn how to be happy with what you got. You ever tell, how many of y'all have kids? Y'all, y'all ever told them be happy with what you got at Christmas time or whenever it was? You might want to turn around and, and tell yourself that sometimes. And sometimes we forget the things that we teach our children and the things that we tell our, our grandkids and all those kinds of things. We, we need to teach them to ourselves. And we need to live them out ourselves and be content with ourselves and, and what we have. And Because you can sit there and tell a kid that all day long, but if you're acting the opposite, well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep... Of course, I don't have any parenting skills at all. This is just out of the Bible, but... Um, you know, one of the main reasons that that I find myself uncontent is life isn't moving fast enough. You ever have that issue? I can't get enough done. There's not enough daylight to get done what I want to get done. And, you know, most of the time the reason for that is is because my goals didn't come from God. You ever put a timeline on something and you didn't meet that timeline or that deadline? If the timeline wasn't from God, it doesn't matter. And And God doesn't put us on a timeline, I don't believe, either. And I've seen plenty of people. They're going to build a. They're going to be in their house by Thanksgiving. They're going to be in this building uh, program is going to end by whatever date it is, and it don't happen, and it unsettles them. And you just have to be content with whatever happens. And I'm not saying you just need to take bad things and and absorb them and just if bad things happen to you, just say, oh well. I'm not saying those kinds of things. I'm just simply saying, wherever you find yourself in life, whether it's good or bad right now, you need to be content with whatever it is. If you're broke. Be content being broke. God will get you a better job. God will give you an idea how to make more money. I'm hoping I get one of those ideas soon. He'll give you, he'll give you the resources that you need if you're just content with what you have and where you're, what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Even I've, I've, uh, again, I face these things and, and every time I've gotten out of a situation that I just didn't like and I got out of it just because I couldn't stand it no more. Guess what happened to me? the next situation was exactly like it. A different person or a different situation in a different body or the same situation in a different body. And I have to, I'm going to have to face this mountain somewhere. I'm going to have to face it. I can't get away from it. I'm going to have to deal with it. And and we try to run from things because we don't want to deal with them, and, and you're, you're going to have to learn it. You're going to. God just don't, These aren't suggestions. He doesn't say, I suggest that you learn how to suffer. No, you're going to learn it one way or the other. And... I'm not saying God's making us suffer any of those kinds of things at all. Life makes us suffer. Uh, circumstances make us suffer. God doesn't make us suffer. He's not that kind of a person. And until you're satisfied with, again, with where you're at in life, you're not going to move out of that particular place that you're in and, and situation that you're in. So turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I want to... Uh, elaborate a little bit more on this. Um, in 1 Timothy 6, he talks about how godliness with contentment, that it's a great gain, that we actually gain something from being content. But you know, most people's motivation or the reason they're not content is because they're trying to gain something. And they're doing things the opposite way that God even ordained or even intended for them to do. And uh, in 1 Timothy 6, 6, I want to read this to you in verse 6 through 9. It says that now godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. He says here in verse 9, But those who desire to be rich... How many of y'all desire to be rich? I do, so that's me. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to head that way. They desire to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. People actually quit being a Christian because of because of trying to gain stuff in their life. You ever seen that person in your church or you went to church with them for a while and then they just disappeared because of something. Something in t- They got entangled in something. They, got, um, they weren't content with just you know, what they had and what they were doing. They had to get more and more and more. And I've been in this situation in my own life. I didn't think I had enough and I wanted to learn how to you know, make things work better so I could get more of whatever it was I was looking for, money, houses, things like that. And all those things are fine, but the Bible says here that, that godliness with contentment is a great gain. And I think that many people that are searching for, for to gain or to, to get ahead in life, they go about it all wrong, and they don't go about it God's way many times. Not everybody. There's plenty of successful people that are rich, and they're, they're not dealing with these things. The temptation isn't an issue for them, but many, many of us do fall into this temptation. Well, I could go over here and make more money, but... Um, the the boss over there might not be as nice as the boss that you have right now. I remember a time that I I was fixing to um, I was working for myself um, doing construction and painting houses and stuff, which I'm not in business anymore. So don't ask me to to paint your house. But <laughs> that happens quite often. But and I have to turn them down because I'm content not doing that anymore. So, anyways, I was painting, doing things on my own, and, and making pretty good money. And this guy offered me a job to come work with him. He was a carpenter, and, and I kind of wanted to learn some carpenter stuff, but he was going to offer me like, I don't know, like 10 or $12 less an hour than what I was making um, doing it myself. Anyway, so I went home and prayed about it, <clears throat> thought about it, and finally I, I just decided I wanted to take the job and work with him, and it was just one job that I ended up doing with him. But I took the job for a lot less money than I was making doing it on my own. But you know what happened to me? In the long run, it was probably the best job that I ever had in my life, working for this guy. And it was peaceful. I didn't have all the strife and stuff, you know, and things like that that you can suffer at some of your jobs. And But to look at it from a worldly viewpoint, that was a horrible decision to take a 10 or $12 an hour pay cut to, to work for somebody else. When I was working for myself, I could quit when I wanted to quit. I could do whatever I wanted to do, a little more freedom. But in the end result, I was just happy being there with him and happy working with him, and I learned a lot of things from him. And um, now I can put those into practice and actually save me money. The money that I seemingly lost by working for him, I can put those things into practice, and it all works out is what I'm getting at here, is that if you'll just be content with where you're at and what you're doing and who you're doing it with, it'll all work out in the end. You don't have to worry about the end results. God will work it out. It may not look good right now. You may not have the amount of money you want right now, None of us do because we're Americans. That's our biggest issue. Um, you need to go to a third world country, and, and this, this will preach real good down there because I've been to them, and that's all they got is food and clothing, and they're content with it. They're more content than we are, and they're not putting you down or nothing like that, and you may know exactly what I'm talking about. But as Americans, this is a struggle for us. 
because of all the things that we just give get given to us and all the things that are just handed to us and then we we don't have enough because well you need to give me more because you don't have a, you didn't give me enough the first time and all these things that can go on and they'll just entangle you in life and and we don't even realize it until we're until we're there until we're just so discontent with life and so fed up with life that that we don't even know what to do we're confused and we're broken because because of our lack of contentment in our life we're we're discontent in our lives with 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 the way things are going and the bible says here again that this is a great gain that when we're content we will gain god's not against us gaining and having things and having nice things he just wants us to do it his way and it'll go a lot better for us and it'll go a lot smoother and it'll be something that will stick with you if you go and try to gain something yourself or go try to promote yourself um in a situation or a, a job, it won't stick. You won't make it. You'll you'll eventually lose that rank or whatever that you've elevated yourself up to. But if you're just content with where you're at in your job or where you're at in your life or where you're living, God will get you to the next place. He God's a he he's a big boy. He can take care of you. He can take care of these things that are bothering you and these things that are got you all awake at night and all these kinds of things god can take care of it he, he's able to he's a little better at around our lives than we are would y'all agree with that yeah so god is better at running our lives than us you can write that down if you have a piece of paper um that's a that's a pretty profound statement there i think i'll write it down myself but you know um in acts chapter 16 if you want to turn over there we'll get to that in a minute paul and silas they they found themselves in a, a pretty good predicament predicament um, in their lives. They got thrown in jail for preaching, and they got well. Actually, it was for for delivering this woman from a demon. I've never delivered anybody from a demon, but I would hope I wouldn't get thrown in jail for it. But they got thrown in jail for delivering this lady from a demon, some kind of a demonic power that she was operating under, and she was making money. The government was making money off of her. Does that sound familiar to y'all? They was making money off of her, and when Paul and Silas delivered her from this demonic situation or power that it was that was giving the government money or making the government money, they got mad at Paul and Silas. You ever had anybody mad at you for doing the right thing? That's hard to process, very hard to deal with. That's probably the one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in my life, is doing the right thing, and somebody still got mad at you. How does that how does that work? I thought if I was perfect and did all the right things, everybody would just love me and sing my praises. But it didn't happen. When I did sometimes when I do the right thing, people just hate it. Because there's evil in the world, there's different things in the world. There's people that are discontent with where they're at. So if they see you succeeding, well, they feel less than or they feel below you or beneath you, even though you're not portraying that to them, you're not trying to make them feel that way. Just these are just things that people feel that are around you. These are these are reasons people are probably trying to do things to you and you, you don't know why they're doing it to you but in acts chapter 16 i'm just going to read this to you and paul and silas were thrown in jail for doing the right thing and i think pastor gay mentioned this last week um uh, just in passing i think in in one of his points but they were thrown in jail for doing the right thing and let's let's pick up the story in verse 16 Acts 16, 16 it's kind of lengthy but just hang with me he said now it happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit for fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. 
And this she did for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed. You ever felt that way? Paul was greatly annoyed. He got very annoyed at this situation. Turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas, they started singing praises to God. And at midnight, while they're in jail, how many of y'all, if you got thrown in jail for doing the right thing, I'd have probably done made 20 or 30 collect calls to everybody I could think of to get me out of there. Everybody in this room would have got a collect call from me to get me out of there. I don't belong here. I did the right thing, and I'm getting punished for doing the right thing. This doesn't make sense. And this is what Paul was talking about in Philippians when he said that he learned how to suffer. He did the right thing. Oh, this have, this is just one account. He did this all the time. He got thrown in jail many times. He had some. He had a horrible record. No church around in America would hire him because of his record from being in jail. He couldn't have got hired in America to be a preacher or a pastor. But they started singing hymns, and the result of them being content, right where they was at, they was in jail, they was unjustly charged with something that God told them to do. God told them uh, in Matthew to to cast out the devils, to do all these things, to do all these things um, in my name. And they were doing what God told them to do, but they still got put in prison for it. But they were singing songs and hymns at midnight, and then all of a sudden it was like an earthquake hit, and all the jails were the jail cells were opened, and the jailer was fixing to kill himself because back then, whenever they lost their job, they didn't get to draw unemployment for two years and do all these kinds of things that we get to do. He was fixing to kill himself and die because he didn't do his job, basically, is what the result was. And Paul yelled at him and said, no, don't kill yourself. We're, we're here. We're all here. None of the guys escaped from jail. Not just Paul and Silas. The Bible says that we're all here. And none of them escaped because they were just around people that were content. And they was around Paul and Silas, and they rubbed off on everybody else. But anyways, I'm not going to drag this story out. They they ended up saving the jailer, and his whole family was saved because of just they were just content with where they were at. They wasn't trying to get out of jail, get out of this situation. They wasn't trying to get out of this job or this problem or any of those kinds of things. They weren't. They were just content with being in jail or wherever, whatever doing the right thing led them to, they was okay with it. And again, until you find contentment where you're at, you're going to stay there. If they would have never found contentment there and they would have been fighting with the jailer and causing all these problems that most of us would have done because we were put in jail unjustly and wrongfully, they would have still been there. We probably wouldn't have got any more scriptures. They'd have probably ended up killing them and doing things like this to them that, that would have ended a lot of letters that we got written to us in the Bible. But just because they were content, it turned a horrible situation around. They first went to jail and thought their ministry was over and their jobs were over, but it ended up just starting a brand new thing for them. And that's where, I, again, I think we miss this in our, life, in our lives, is that we're just not content with bad things happening to us. And I'm not saying 
that that's a God's doing these things, and God even wills for us to stay in bad situations. There's times that we need to leave some bad situations, and the scriptures talk about that in other ways. And there's times for us to leave things and quit jobs and, and do the, that God's leading us. But if you're just quitting things to run from an issue or a problem, that's never hardly ever God leading you to do that because I've did it, and, and it didn't feel good, and it didn't work out very well for me whenever I did that in my life. But until we find contentment where we're at, we're not ever going to be happy. And that's a, it's, a, um, it's something that, that, again, is difficult for us to deal with. I think Adam and Eve, they, uh, they had to deal with this at the beginning of creation. They had a, a whole garden to themselves, just them and God, just two people and God. They could have anything in the, in the garden but this one tree. How many of y'all, ever, y'all heard this story? Y'all been to Sunday school? They had everything available to them but this one tree, and they went and ate of the tree anyways and got kicked out of the garden. And all that was just because of lack of contentment. They weren't happy with what they had. They thought they had to have more. They thought they had to have from that tree over there, of the, the, the tree of good, knowledge of good and evil. They thought they had to have what they wanted. And the devil is right there tempting us too in, all, in our lives. He's tempting us with, with more and what we, what we should, where we should be in life and what we should have in life. And and maybe you're not where you should have been. Maybe you have made some mistakes like me. I've made some mistakes. And maybe you have made some bad choices. And maybe you're not exactly where you should be because of some of your choices. That's very possible. But you can't, you can't erase the past. You can just only go forward. And you have to be content right now where you're at. Whether you put yourself there, whether somebody else put you there, like Paul and Silas, somebody else put them in jail. Or whether this is just where you're at. You don't know how you got here. Maybe you're like that. You just need to be content right there where you're at. And I promise you, God will meet you and he'll get you out of a bad situation in time. And you know what? There's some more people in the Bible that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you ever heard about them? They they got thrown into a fire. And you know why they got thrown into a fire? Because they didn't care what happened to them. They wasn't all worried about themselves. They was just they said, we're not bound down to your to your images, to your to your false gods. We're not bound down to them. And they were, and they, they didn't care if they got thrown in the fire if they died. That's how content they were. That's how content a lot of these people in the Bible really were. They didn't care what happened to them. They didn't care if they died, got beaten, whatever. They were just happy to, to be serving God and happy to be where they're at, doing what they was doing, no matter what happened to them. See, again, when we have something bad to us happen to us, a lot of times we just immediately think we're out of God's will, we're out of God's purpose, and... And we're, we just made a bad mistake. We made a bad decision. We went the wrong direction because something bad happened. Paul and Silas weren't going the wrong direction. and Something bad happened to them. You're going to face adversity, and you're going to face issues, and you're going to face trials, and you're going to face all these things in life no matter what you do. You can spend the rest of your life running from them and trying to, and trying to get away from the issue. But the best thing for you to do right where you're at, whatever state you find yourself in, is just to be content right there. With good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, just be happy where you're at, and God will will bring you out of it. Turn over to Luke chapter three. I'm going to read a few more quick passages to you. And um, in Luke chapter three, these are some people that just got saved. How many of y'all just? Well, you may not want to raise your hand. You might be embarrassed. But some of you, how many of you just got saved? You may not be embarrassed. Some of you just got saved. So this is uh, something that you can very much relate to, and. Um, in Luke chapter 3, verse 12, says, Then the tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. 
Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. You know what? Um, I'm not bragging um, on myself or nothing, but I've been in the work field since I was 15, tax-paying work field. I've worked for longer than that, but paying taxes. And did you know that that'd be about... About 18 years I've been in the work field paying taxes in a tax, pay, tax whatever you want to call it, job. They take money away from you each week. That's what I call it. Um, they, I've never, in 18 or 19 years of doing that, I've never one time even hinted that I needed a raise or wanted a raise from my boss. Not even, I not, never even brought the conversation up to any of my bosses or anything like that in my whole life. And again, I'm not bragging on myself. But the point is, is if you just be content with the amount of money that you're making, God will take care of you. He, he may not take care of you through that job. He may take care of you another way. He may, uh, he may take care of you a way that you weren't even expecting. And I'm not saying it's wrong to ask for a raise. Um, I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just telling you what I've done, and it's worked for me. And I think you can do the same. It's, it's something that people get unsettled about. Again, they'll leave a job because you're not paying me enough. And, and you just have a little higher value on yourself than what you should probably if you think that way. And your your boss, if he sees you doing the right thing day in and day out, they're most likely, if they're a pretty good boss, they'll give you a raise. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to whine. How many of you all have that person at your job that whines all the time about they're not making enough money? They're not getting enough money. Then Thursday or Friday they take off. Well, I'll tell you why you're not making enough money. You're not here. It's not because the amount you're getting per hour is because you're not here all the time. And they're just not content. They're just unsettled. And many of you may have even been in that place or are in that place. You may be that whiner at work that's trying to get a raise and all these things all the time. And God will meet you. Don't, don't worry about yourself so much. And don't worry about, well, I'm not going to achieve this goal and I can't pay this bill if I don't get a raise or whatever's going through your mind, the reason you, you uh, do these things in your life. Be content with where you're at, and God will take care of you, and he'll, he'll end up making things better than what you ever could have even imagined, than you ever could have uh, made yourself by being discontent and, and going your own way and doing things your own way. And these are, um, these are just things that, that uh, again, I think that have helped me a lot, and they'll help you if you apply them to your life. And, you know, I've been on some mission trips um, to India, Haiti, places like that. I even went to L.A. on a mission trip. Um, and there's a lot of poor people there, too, and a lot of people that are just confused and not content in, in Los Angeles, in our own country. And you know what I found out? When we went to L.A. on this mission trip, that was the most previous one, we went to all of the um, celebrity houses, went by their houses and seen their houses. And, and I wouldn't have built a house there, but that's what they like. But I didn't. I wasn't too impressed with it. But they were nice houses, and they were worth a lot of money because of basically where they were sitting at. And then later on in the week, we went down to this place called Skid Row. You may or may not be familiar with that, but it's a bunch of homeless people. A lot of them are addicted to drugs. A lot of different things like that. And not all of them are, but a lot of them are are doing things they shouldn't be doing. But a lot of them are people that tried to be movie stars and tried to tried to make it in Hollywood, and they didn't make it, and they ended up on the streets. Uh, a good portion of them, if you sit down and talk to them. That's that's what happened to them. But you know, on all my mission trips that I've been on, I've found people that didn't have nothing. This one boy, little boy, had a, uh, a Castrol one-quart oil can. 
they turned into a car, and that was the only tool he had. He had some kind of little wheels on it, popsicle sticks for the axles and things like this, and that's all he had. He didn't have no shoes. I picked him up, actually, and he had no clothes on. I set him back down real quickly, actually, because he didn't have any clothes on. It kind of scared me, but um, they didn't have nothing, and they were probably some of the happiest people that I've ever met in my life, these people that didn't have anything. I have a bathroom that I recently made uh, bigger, and it's as big as most of their houses, my bathroom is, where I go do my business is bigger than their whole house where I take a shower and and there's nothing wrong with having all those things and again I'm you can balance this out on your own um there's nothing wrong with having nice things don't feel bad about don't walk out here feeling bad about having a nice home or having a lot of money or none of those things that's not my objective here that's not my goal here to make you feel that way because God blesses us and and God wills for us to be blessed people because we can help others through that and he obviously wants us to have have good things but if those people can be content, they're in jail, Paul and Silas, these people that have no money, most of them had diseases, dying, they were probably going to die within a few years. The life expectancy of somebody in Haiti was like 40, I think, was the oldest that a lot of people get. If those people can be content, these people that I've ran across in life, I'm pretty sure we can with everything that we have available to us, with everything that we have in our lives, and all the new iPhones and all these things that cause discontentment in our lives. It, I think that, that we're missing it big time. I think that, that we should be even the people that are teaching people how to be content instead of us having to go on a mission trip and learn all this stuff. And every time I went on a mission trip, I learned more from them than I could ever even think about teaching them. And I come home, and, and I want to cut off my electricity and water when I come back. I, just want, I feel so bad sometimes. I never do it because if I turned it off, I'd have it back on the next day because I couldn't make it without it. And there's nothing wrong with all that. But the point is, is that wherever we find ourselves in whatever state we're in, whether we have much, whether we have little, we're suffering. Maybe you're suffering at a, at a place. You can be happy no matter what's happening to you. You can be content whatever's happening to you. You may have just lost millions of dollars. I don't know. I've never lost millions of dollars in my life, but you may have. And you can be content right where you're at. I've lost money. I've lost a lot of money before that I worked very hard for. And it don't bother me anymore. It bothered me for a little bit. But it don't matter. It's just money. I'll make more of it, and I'll get more of it somehow, probably. But if I don't, it ain't that big a deal. You know, I'm still going to do what God told me to do and, and how he told me to do it, whether I have money, whether I have nice things, whether I have all this stuff that I think I need. I'm just going to be content wherever I find myself. And, and I'm telling you all these things, and I'm not living it 100% all the time. I find myself discontent more times than not. But I think... As a church, we should be modeling this to people that come in even. We should be content with what we have and where we're at and where we're doing it, who we're doing it with. And this is a thing that, that, um, that I hope you... I, it's a very simple message, I believe, but I think that, that it's very needful also for us as Christians, as Americans, as, as just people in general um, to be reminded of these things. That just be happy with it, what you got. You know, the holidays are coming up, Christmas, all these kinds of things. If you don't get what you wanted for Christmas, it ain't that big a deal. Just order it on Amazon. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. But <laughs> you can get it later, but just be happy with it and be happy with what you got. And don't let things unsettle you. Don't let the lack of things or, or, or bad things happen to you unsettle you in your life. And, you know, I think this is probably one of the most <clears throat> or one of the greatest signs of maturity as a Christian is the fact that we can be content if we lost everything, if we 
if we don't have what we thought we'd have, you know, people have lost homes. People have lost homes in, in Texas, obviously. Um, many people have. But when you find contentment in a bad situation, it's a huge thing in your Christian walk. It's a huge thing to, to it's a very maturing thing for you. And I think all of us in this room, if we were honest with ourselves, we would like to be more mature as a Christian. And we'd like to be going forward as a Christian and deep in our hearts. That's really what we really want. Most of us do. I know I do. But sometimes I get caught up in all these things of life and all the stuff that I think I have to have. And I have to be here and do this. And you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to do nothing that causes you, that causes confusion in your life because God's not the author of confusion. But I want to leave you with that today. And as the worship team comes back up, um, I just want to encourage you to to not just write notes down if you did or didn't, but to take this and hide it in your heart, and don't hide it in your in your on a piece of paper in your Bible and never look at it again. But hide it in your heart, and and remind yourself of this every time something happens to you that that is unfair because it could happen tomorrow, something that is unjust, something that you you did the right thing but the wrong thing happened to you. When these things happen to you, when you face these things in life this week, next week, whenever it happens to you, because it will happen to you. It will happen to all of us. Think bad things are going to happen. I'm not forecasting that over you or anything like that. I'm just simply saying that's just life. That's just part of life is, is things happening to us. And we, we're not in full control of everything that goes on in our world and everything that happens in our lives. But just remind yourself of this, and I want to challenge you this week to, to take one thing that you feel like is causing discontentment in your life and fix it. Get rid of it, whatever you need to do to make yourself content in that area of your life. And I promise you, if you take small steps like that in your life, you'll see the big things where it won't bother you anymore. If you let those little things, if you take care of those little things and you are get content with the little issues that you have and start working on them, I promise you that the big things will take care of themselves and you can be at peace. How many of y'all would like to be at peace? Every day. That's probably one of my, the things I strive for the most or want the most is peace. More than anything, more than money, more than anything. It's just peace. Because there's plenty of people that got plenty of things, but they don't have any peace. And that's not something that can be bought. That's not something that can be just dropped, dropped down from somebody higher up. That's something that you have to do in your own heart. So let me pray for you as the prayer ministers come. And if you have any need in your life that, that is just causing you to be unsettled. I, I want you to come and ask for prayer from them, but I'm going to pray and then they'll, they'll play a worship song and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you today for your word. Father, we pray that we will be settled in our hearts no matter where we find ourselves in life, whether good or bad or, or indifferent. Father, I just pray that you would settle our hearts, that you would give us peace that surpasses all understanding, that we could fix our eyes on you, and the things of this world would just pass away. And we wouldn't have any concern about the things going on around us. And we could just be at peace and be at ease when bad things happen to us, Father. And I just pray that over this church today, over Impact Church, that they would be at peace this week as they go through their life and be content with whatever state they find themselves in. And we thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen.